All right. We are recording. We'll give it a minute for everyone to get in here. Um, but for now, you know, to all of our uh, viewers and listeners that are on YouTube or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Uh, hello. Welcome. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. Uh, and I'm running this uh, live stream here. It will be just me today here. Uh, this is our weeks one through two NAIA women's flag football Recap, we're talking about all the games that went down these last two weeks. Uh, obviously, last week, we didn't have a recap because we did release those Leonard Girls flag uh, football interviews with Emma Balaco and Caitlin Sigmundy, two excellent seniors out there, great people, really fun to talk to. So go ahead and check out that interview uh, from last week. And so... This week, we're, uh, you know, it's, it's a recap episode, and so basically for every week on, uh, as long as college uh, women's flag football is going on, you know, we'll do a weekly recap episode talking about all the big highlights, storylines, games, players, uh, we'll be releasing power rankings, you know, really fun stuff like that. You know, just covering women's flag football because, you know, it's some great football going down over there in Florida um, and Kansas as well, at least these last two weekends. And I know Florida, you know, they got kind of got the jump here. Uh, Florida, Georgia over at that Sun Conference, so they've been super active. And then the rest of the KCAC will get started either this week or next week. So, yeah, but uh, you know what? We'll give it a minute here. Allow everyone to come in. I am going to go ahead and uh, change the stream chat here. Or the title of this chat, I guess. Because it is not the Beckham Kritza and DJ Bordeaux film breakdown. Like I said, it's the weeks one through two recap. We'll get that going, and then we'll get started here in a little bit. Oh, well, that works for me. Boom, there we go. All right, welcome, welcome everyone that's uh, just joining in. We're uh, kind of waiting here until, uh, you know, a couple more people join, and then we'll get this thing going. Um, got a lot to talk about, honestly, a lot, a lot. So it'll be it'll be some good stuff. So yeah, some good stuff for sure. Let's see here. Boom! Open the chat so I can actually see. All right. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's get this thing going here. So we are gonna basically go in order of the games. That, um, and when it happened, so starting on February 12th, then all the way down, we're going to talk about every single game. Some of them we'll talk about more than others. Uh, others we'll, you know, mention briefly here and there. But the first one I really want to talk about, it was the first uh, football game that I get to see. I, I see most of these through live streams, so, you know, you the fans as well, if you're listening to this, watching this, whatever, you could also watch these on Saturdays as well, just throwing that out there. But um, that's where I'm watching most of these games. I like watching them in person when we covered Colorado high school football. You know, we were, we was watching, well, I was watching four to six football games a weekend, basically. Thursday, Friday, 
Saturday. Saturday, usually I catch three or four, drive around the state and do that. And so I love watching games in person or live whenever possible because I feel like there's always a different vibe and I could better, you know, tell the story of like what's going on too in a uh, in a game. And so let me go ahead and pull up some highlights here. If there were highlights, if, you know, the, you know, um, what am I trying to say here? If uh, the school's athletics uh, department or whatever posted these highlights, I'll try to play them so that at least y'all could see something while I'm talking here. Um, at least for some of these long ones. And if I can't find highlights, then I I'm just going to show the box score here. So I'm just going to make sure that is known right now. But let's go ahead and start with this first one here. We have Thomas University versus Kaiser. Kaiser last year, you know, um, top of the conference, basically. Thomas University, this is their first year uh, led by head coach Chelsea Palmer. And you know what? They kind of got it going here. Thomas University got the ball to start off this game here. And they're going run heavy. I'm talking power options, speed options. They really didn't call a pass um, at all this first drive here. Like I said, it was mostly option plays between the quarterback, Keanu Aikul, and then the running back, Janae Scott. You know, called a lot of that and uh, used up a lot of the clock and actually got down to the goal line. It was like fourth and short uh, when they were stopped. Um, and so that will basically end that drive there. I believe number six. Yep, number six. Uh, Maria Vega for Kaiser got a pretty big deflection right at the goal line. And so uh, Kaiser, Kaiser, for the first time this season, would go ahead and take over. From there, you know, Kaiser kind of struggled, you know, throughout this game to get the ball moving uh, more than usual. Part of it was because of this Thomas defense, you know, they're very well coached. We knew that going in, and uh, they were talking a lot uh, on the broadcast about, you know, how they wanted to pay attention to detail in this game and really make Kaiser work for it. And that they did. You know, Kaiser would go three and out. Um, they would be really good flag pulling on this drive, so nothing crazy there. And then, you know, Thomas University, they got something going, starting with a Brittany Delva post route. She broke off, like, about a 20-plus yard gain or so, and that would put them right on the goal line, basically in the red zone. And then this is where history would happen. Keanu Aikul for Thomas University would go ahead and get the first-ever touchdown for Thomas, it was a rushing touchdown on a QB option play. Uh, she took it herself, and she would get in there. Wouldn't get the conversion because it would be tipped. But regardless, Thomas takes a 6-0 lead with about 30-ish seconds left in the first quarter. But Kaiser, not to be outdone quite yet, showing that they're still a powerful squad, would go ahead and get a 30-plus yard jump ball. Jasmine Roden finding her gal, Chloe Griffin, uh, who just mosses the defender and it gets them a big play before the quarter ends you know just showing that hey we, we still around here and so they would continue some of that there Roden would find her girl uh her receiver sorry adriana rodriguez who makes a strong catch over the middle on a huge fourth down conversion uh but on third down jada reese for thomas U university uh, got really good pressure on Roden, forced a throwaway and a fourth down uh there and so that kind of put them in a tough situation. Jada Reese here was really putting on the pressure uh, on uh, this Kaiser quarterback here. But didn't matter. Rodin, she would find Kennedy Foster on a beautiful throw and catch that would put them on the goal line and then would eventually thread the needle, put it right on the money. Jasmine Rodin throwing an absolute dot 
and go ahead and find uh, some money right there and score and tie this thing up. She would then find her girl uh, Cavalotti here on a nice slant route. That would go ahead and put up Kaiser by one point, uh, seven to six, with about eight minutes left in the second there. Now, the next drive here, a lot of mistakes for Thomas. Basically, it would end with a punt. No turnovers, though, so they would at least get to control field position there. Uh, but, you know, uh, Thomas University playing good defense. Talked about Jada Reese earlier. Uh, once again, you know, on this drive, she makes a very good rush on third down, forcing a fourth down. And then that Thomas University stands strong, um, forced a dump off throw, and they're there to pull that flag. And that's a turnover on downs now thomas university they get the ball back they're trying to score get something going here you know after kind of a tough uh a weird you know uh, uh drive last offensive drive there but you know it starts off with kiana Akel finding kiera knight on a nice 20 yard completion getting a new set of downs there's about three minutes left in uh this first half then on third down, around the two-minute warning, I don't know if it was before or after, but Keanu Aikol throws a 15-plus yard strike to Brittany Delva on an in-route for a touchdown. Very good throw, good timing here, and uh, they go ahead and take that lead. Uh, Keanu Aikol would also walk this one in on the conversion and make it 13-7 to with about a minute, 50 seconds left. Still kind of a lot that can go down here, but... Uh, Jasmine Roden finds her girl Cavallotti on a nice 20-yard strike for a first down. Uh, Kaiser's trying to move the ball, you know, get 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 it tied up at least, or at least get in position to score before half here and make it a uh, you know an even game here. But Brittany Devil goes ahead and kills that drive, gets a huge interception on honestly just not the greatest throw or decision from Jasmine Roden. Uh, she was getting pressured. She was trying to find her check down, and Britt Devil was there to go ahead and make them pay for that. It would actually set up Thomas University in the red zone with about a minute 34 left, but Kaiser's defense would stand strong and not allow the touchdown there. And so that would basically be halftime. So we got a pretty close game here with Thomas University leading 13-7 to at half. Now, going into the third quarter, the battle continues. Uh, Brittany Devil once again makes a key deflection on a post route. That would have been a huge like play for Kaiser here. And uh, she gets the deflection on third down and that forces a punt. Kaiser <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Kaiser here, you know, they would eventually, you know, get the ball back on a nice defensive stop on their own, but then they would go three and out. And so for a little bit here, you know, a little, a little dormant here as far as offenses go. The defense is both playing very good football. Uh, Jada Reese gets a big sack on first down, putting Kaiser in, in, tougher, in tougher situations, uh, you know, and um, it would they would basically not score at all in this third quarter here, Kaiser here, and so they would be held without a score here. But, you know, just before the third quarter ends, uh, Thomas University gets a very big play. Hartley, uh, one of their quarterbacks, that they've been rotating in here. They didn't really stick with one. You know, they were rotating between Hartley and Acol. I think there was another one as well, depending on the play. Uh, but that was more of like a, you know, run power type of deal. But Hartley... Finds, I believe, Kiara Knight on an absolute bomb. This one was wide open from uh, basically the line of scrimmage on. Uh, this was an easy throw to make. And Kiara Knight goes ahead and burns this Kaiser defense for a 60-plus yard 
touchdown. You know, crowd's going crazy. This ignites this offense here. And Thomas is feeling themselves, man. Um, they don't get the conversion, but they're still up 19-7 to with about two minutes left in the third quarter. Kaiser here, they need to make something happen. Um, but... You know, it's third and short for Kaiser with about a minute left in this third quarter. And Brittany Devil comes up big again, making another deflection. Oh, here's that play by Kiera Knight where she just outruns them. Oh, beautiful. That was huge for Thomas here. But, uh, like I said, Brittany Devil on third, on third down makes a huge deflection on fourth down. Once again, making a big play for Thomas University here. And uh, basically would put Kaiser in a tough spot. Uh, with about a play left in this third quarter, but it doesn't matter. Jasmine Roden goes ahead, throws a missile to her receiver, Sydney Woodman, for a first down. Didn't make it easy, though. So here we go. Fourth quarter here. We have um, fourth and short for Kaiser. Uh, they would get the first down off of a false start, so there you go. And then a PI uh, pass interference, I believe, was thrown on Acol, either uh, Keon Acol or Britt Delva. I don't remember which one, but. Regardless, it gives Kaiser another set of downs, basically on the goal line. And so here we go. Kaiser has a chance to score for the first time this second half. But right after uh, that P.I. Jada Reese comes up huge for Thomas University. Gets a big sack right there. Pushes Kaiser a little bit farther away. But Jasmine Roden uh, would make up a lot of that lost yardage. Finding her girl, Kennedy Foster, over the middle, who just makes a great jump ball catch and basically puts Kaiser about a yard away from the goal line. And then uh, Jasmine Roden, one more time, makes a great heads-up play here on third down, flips it to Allison Goolsby, who runs it in for a touchdown. Kaiser makes this thing basically a one-score game. But... Thomas University, you know, they go ahead and stop them an extra point short. And so Thomas actually leads still 19-13 to 13 with about 8 minutes left, 9 minutes left in this game. And this is where they basically run out the clock. Excellent. And I mean excellent. Beautiful time management here. Great play calling by Chelsea Palmer. Even better execution by this offense. It was basically Janae Scott and Keanu Acole running that option uh, game like they did on that very first drive of this game. And they use up a lot of the time. I believe there's like oh my god. Basically, they get it down to almost 8 seconds left in the game and they force Kaiser to use all their timeouts. I think a key play on this drive was when Janae Scott, I think it was third and like 10 or so, um, she she gets the ball in. Uh, there's a lot of Kaiser defenders there, and she just breaks it loose. It's this play right here. And, you know, that was pretty big. And so that was the one that kind of broke Kaiser's back here. But basically, Kaiser, they just don't have enough time with eight seconds left. Uh, you know, drop the pitch there, and there you go. Thomas University, the Nighthawks, not only getting their first program dub in history, but getting a very, very big upset here over Kaiser, a team that was ranked uh, very high in the preseason, at least according to us, and a team that, you know, was very good ultimately. And so uh, good for them. Kaiser going ahead and losing one to Thomas here. Thomas playing a very, very good game. Man, look at the timing of that. Oh, my goodness. 
boom, I'm on top of it. All right, so like I said, I'm not going to talk in detail about every single game, uh, just some of these close ones here, just so that uh, you, the listeners and viewers, know what is going down here. So let me scroll down a little bit here. Uh, on the same day, we also had Florida Memorial playing Weber. Uh, as you can see here, Weber does win pretty convincingly, 33 to 6 here. Let me pull up the box score so that... Y'all can look at some of this real quick. Boom. There you go. Uh, you know, maybe not the cleanest game for Weber. Uh, their starting quarterback, Sierra Harris, did throw two interceptions. But uh, she did make up a lot of that, obviously throwing a touchdown, running in two touchdowns, and catching a touchdown. So you don't see that every day. Someone throwing one, running it in, and catching one. So that's, uh, you know, there you go, Sierra Harris here. I did watch some of this game. Honestly, you know, we knew what Weber was. Uh, they were a very good team, a team that, you know, I believe lost to Kaiser in the conference championship. And so, you know, you, in, in the Sun Conference Championship, that is. So you really can't be too mad at that there. But still, regardless, a very, very good squad. Florida Memorial, on the other hand, uh, you know, a team kind of trying to find their footing here. You know, they brought in a good uh, group of recruits uh, this last year, and, uh, you know, there is going to be some gelling, and we ultimately knew that. You know, just watching some of this game, uh, they definitely could have used maybe a little bit more time uh, chemistry-wise because you could just see that the chemistry wasn't quite there, at least compared to a Weber or even a Kaiser, you know, who have, who have been together for two years already. You know, compared to a Florida Memorial where a lot of the starters were freshmen. So, you know, there you go. Uh, they didn't really play together a whole ton. But, yeah, you know, I mean, Weber, they go ahead and come in here. They take care of business, win 33-6, to um, doing their thing despite some sloppy play here. I do want to note, though, uh, if you look at passing here, Sam Wilson a freshman quarterback did come in. Uh, got some, you know, significant snaps, obviously. I mean, you know, Weber did go up kind of quickly here. But she got snaps, went 5 of 6 for 43 passing yards and a passing touchdown. That's a name to keep an eye out for uh, because she would have a big impact in week 2 for Weber. So, boom, there you go. All right. Uh, FMU, though, they would play two games on this day uh, as a part of a doubleheader. So they would play Warner, or yeah, Warner, uh, this team that they brought up right here. I think that was their second game, and then they would play Weber as well. That was the first one. And, uh, you know, Warner was a team that we looked at in the preseason, <sighs> losing their starting quarterback, Dakota Naples. Uh, losing their head coach, Naples, as well. You know, hired Tim Mims out of Robinson. We knew what he could do. We knew what he was about. You know, he uh, not only made Robinson into one of the biggest powerhouses in the entire country, but University of Florida's club flag football team, he did wonders there over there as well. I believe he won two or three national championships with them while winning state championships with Robinson. So what more could you want there? But Warner, man, really making a statement here. You know, I think going into this game, we kind of view this game as, you know, maybe a more even game between Warner and Florida Memorial. We'd see where they were both at. Um, and we saw where they were both at as Warner did win 54-0, to dominating uh, Florida Memorial here. 
just a very good game here. I, the stream was acting up. You know, I'm not even going to lie. The stream was acting up uh, throughout of most of it. So I couldn't watch a lot of the game. But I know at halftime they're up at like 29-0 to zero or something crazy like that. I do want to shout out two of their freshman players. Because uh, like Florida Memorial, they do have freshmen starting and contributing to the squad here. Uh, and both of these players actually won Sun Conference Player of the Week. But freshman quarterback Madison Tingen, she won 25-40 for 253 three passing yards and four passing touchdowns in her debut and then you have fellow freshman linebacker um cynthia homs uh she had six flag poles three interceptions and one of those interceptions was a pick six as warner goes ahead and makes a statement against florida memorial win in a dominating fashion 54 to zero now that will basically wrap up week one of um uh, well, <laughs> week one of uh, this NAI women's flag football, um, not league, but play, I should say here. So, yep, 54-0. And then the second week would start on February 16th. Yeah, Florida Memorial and Kaiser going out of here. You can't see the score. Kaiser did win uh, pretty easily, 27-7 to here, bouncing back. From that Thomas University uh, loss. Not the worst for Florida Memorial. Like I said, I think they're still a team that's gelling and whatnot. And they will get better as the season goes on. I, at least that is the expectation here. Uh, I just want to note that Jasmine Roden, the quarterback for Kaiser, went 23 of 35 for 291 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception and 27 rushing yards but kaiser they go ahead and take care of business here versus florida memorial here and kaiser playing the doubleheader this time they would get midland and as you can see here take care of business winning um a pretty good 41 to 0 here uh honestly there's not too much i really want to talk about here um i don't want to talk about these blowouts way too much i mean kaiser we knew they're a good squad midland a team that you know, we had high, high hopes for it, and we still do, you know, but we did find out that Midland, uh, they were without uh, their quarterback, Haley Stanton, and possibly as well their other freshman quarterback uh, from Alaska, Angel, as well. And so they started Michaela Nunez, uh, not only for this game, but for all of their games during this Florida trip here, because Midland would play three Florida games here in Week 2. And so... Gotta acknowledge that first. Uh, Michaela Nunez, I mean, you know, we talked about her uh, when talking about the, the KCAC preview. And we'll not go ahead and check that out if you haven't yet. But, you know, we said she played quarterback for Midland last year. Uh, she had some success, but really she's a wide receiver, I would say, right? She's a great athlete regardless, but she's a wide receiver. And so... You know, going into this game, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see, you know, how well she could fare. And, oh, it was just not a pretty sight at all as Michaela Nunez would throw multiple interceptions. I believe she threw, I mean, I don't want to hate too much, but she threw about four interceptions in this game. <sighs> kind of a lot, you know. Well, yes, it is a lot. I, and I think three of those were in the first half, so Midland kind of struggling to move the ball here offensively. Uh, any defensive stops they could, I mean, it wouldn't matter because uh, they would eventually turn it back over. 
and uh, this Kaiser team would get a chance to, you know, uh, uh, do their thing and get it going. And, uh, man, were they clicking in this game against Midland. <sighs> I was watching this game, and, look, there are a lot of great players here. Jasmine Roden was on the money. Kennedy Foster, uh, after kind of a, qu a quiet game against FMU, she went crazy ballistic absolutely ballistic this game um i have to show this play here it made sports center i believe it was the top play i thought it was really interesting because it made the top play over that nuggets ooh, let me pause this over that buzzer beater uh that I, I don't know who it was but someone on the nuggets hit it and so this was the top play on that wednesday by kennedy foster of kaiser high school uh this was one of her four receiving touchdowns if I'm not mistaken, got really close to breaking some records in this game. A single game records in this game. But this was one of her first touchdowns here. I will just let the play do the speaking for itself. Oh, my God. That extension. The catch. The feed inbounds, too, because that's obviously a touchdown. Boom. Easily a top play. We'll play it again one more time because that's how good it is. That is arguably player of the year already but definitely player of the week if i had to pick one kennedy foster of kaiser high school snagging one of her four touchdowns um also i believe she had about 100 receiving yards in this game as well over midland as kaiser takes care of midland 41 oh uh keeping it going here um and uh, bouncing back from that thomas university game as they are now two and one in a pretty solid spot you know both of these games i would say are games that they should have won um or expected them to win but they did it in a very convincing fashion absolutely love to see that uh and then we have on february 18th midland would play st thomas university once again the woes would continue here uh number four toshumba washington by the way hope i'm saying your name right no disrespect matt at all but to shumba watts washington for st thomas must have had two or three interceptions in this game on michaela nunez because she had a very very good game as st thomas dominates and goes ahead and wins 40 to zero here now midland they're gonna play their last game of this florida trip against florida memorial here um a team i would say kind of kind of trying to find their footing right uh they've struggled at times and whatnot throughout uh, this season at least to start the season and so they're they're trying to just find some consistency here and this game was a really close game uh i'm just gonna keep it pretty simple here pretty short here first two quarters no scores at all pretty much a defensive battle i think each team might have uh, snagged an interception or should have snagged an interception uh, as uh, as they're battling this one out here and then in the third quarter this is where the fun begins florida memorial they're driving down the field on offense to start the second half vanessa queen makes a great i mean great 20 yard reception here that basically puts them on the goal line in the red zone um but they failed to get that conversion on fourth down and so midland does get the ball though uh but midland you know they get the ball here they're kind of backed up on the goal line on their own goal line basically and so they go three and out you know they go three and out 
uh, don't get too much here. But the key mistake they made is that they would drop the punt. And not like, you know, they would punt it and then it was dropped. But the snap was dropped in the red zone that would basically give Florida Memorial a safety and the first lead of this game going up 2-0 right before the fourth quarter. Now, this game is not over yet. Midland could still score a touchdown and win this game. A touchdown, basically, for either team would win this game here. But here's what goes down. Florida Memorial, because it is a safety, they do get the ball back. They are driving. They get to the red zone, but could not quite score and put away Midland. Midland would take over with the turnover on downs. But unfortunately, this Midland offense struggling to get a first down here man and they do not get a first down as fmu does take over on offense and here is where they would put the game away and make history florida memorial um the quarterback throws a touchdown to number four erica johnson i believe a mossing touchdown, by the way, who absolutely goes up there and makes a play. That's all you could ask for. Just makes a play. An ex excellent play here. Scores the touchdown. Vanessa Queen would also get the conversion. Midland, or sorry, Florida Memorial, not Midland. Florida Memorial goes ahead and goes up 9-0 to zero here. And that will be enough to hold on as their defense Puts in a lot of work against Midland and prevents them from scoring here. And so Florida Memorial wins 9-0 over Midland. First dub of the program. Congrats to all of those players over there. Congrats to the coaching staff as well. As this is just the beginning and, you know, this is a very, very solid win to build off of. Midland, on the other hand, 0-3 on this Florida trip here. Next game is, unfortunately, against the defending national champs in Ottawa. Hopefully, this is the belief, at least Haley Stanton will be available for that game. So we will see how that goes here. Uh, I think, honestly, just at this point, Midland, you know, they need a quarterback. They need a quarterback who can play efficiently, not make mistakes. Interceptions are killer in football in general, but especially in flag football. Turnovers are absolutely killer. Cannot have that. You just can't. So, there you go. But, like I said, congrats one more time to Florida Memorial as they would get the big 9-0 dub. The first one in school history. Alright, now we have Saturday here. Here, let me keep this highlight real going here. We have Saturday, February 19th. Warner versus Weber. Oh, my God. Goodness, what a game. Uh, Warner here really making it happen. Uh, they would actually, or sorry, Weber, I believe, would actually take the 7-0 lead on the first drive of the game. Um, well, not their drive, but Warner would throw a pick six, and so they would go down 7-0 very, very early on here. Now, this is one of those games that I have to talk about in detail because, my God, what a game here. But... Warner responds back very well. Um, a lot better than I thought they would, thanks to a lot of quick hitter plays and basically going no hurry up. So we're looking at a lot of short plays here. Um, Addison Tingen just finding her receivers and slicing up this defense as they go down the field here. Now, uh, on this drive, though, Weber would get a stop. 
on fourth and goal, but the refs would call a pass interference, which would give Warner one more down uh, to replay this down and score. And that they did. They would uh, go ahead and capitalize on this mistake from Weber. Madison Tingen finds number 21, Cynthia Hobbs, Cynthia for a touchdown. This was a pass in traffic, and so just a very good catch uh, <laughs> um, that she would, that Cynthia here would make. And uh, she would also get the conversion as well to tie this game up 7-7. Seven to seven. And so, you know, after some struggles, you know, well, a, a struggle throwing a bad pick six here. You know, Warner would go ahead and uh, respond very well on offense and get, um, you know, just get a good drive to tie this thing up here. Now, Sierra Harris starting for Weber on this next offensive drive. Finds number seven, Hayden Roop, on a beautiful deep pass. That is on the money for 35 yards here. But Sierra Harris gets a little bit too greedy and tries to thread the needle and is intercepted by number nine, Leah Lewis, I believe, of Warner. But unfortunately, Warner couldn't capitalize and they go three and out. And then Weber, um, they couldn't capitalize and they would punt back to Warner. And that's how the first quarter would end, tied 7 7 uh, here in this ball game. Now, Warner, Madison Tingen, finds her receiver, number nine. Lewis on two excellent passes to start this quarter. The second pass is a nice one down the middle where uh, Leah Lewis just basically makes the safety miss for a touchdown and goes ahead and gets the lead on a nice 20-yard reception. They wouldn't get the conversion, but Warner, like I said, goes up 13-7 to here. Sierra Harris has a chance to move Weber down the field, but she throws another interception on the very first play of that next offensive drive to number 21, uh, Cynthia Holmes of Warner here. Uh, honestly, watching this play over and over again, just not the greatest decision. It was in traffic anyways, and the fact that the pass wasn't super accurate kind of hurts, you know, how much you want to validate that decision here. So Sierra Harris is a little bit shaken up uh, kind of to start this game here. And so Warner takes over in Weber territory on first, or sorry, ooh, my bad, I, I misspelled that here, uh, but Warner would take the ball back here, and uh, basically on the first uh, three plays, Tingen would overthrow slightly here, and bring up a fourth and goal here, but Weber makes, I mean, they play great defense, because it's already fourth and goal here, uh, and they force the quarterback to make some tough throws, and so that's why some of those throws were overthrown, at least in my opinion, just trying to fit into some tough windows, and so they go ahead and um, get a big pass deflection, big pass breakup, I believe it's Jasmine Hamilton who comes up with that for Weber uh, on fourth down, and prevents Warner from taking an even larger lead, at this point, there's about seven minutes left in the half. Now, Weber here, it is only 13-7 to here, but two pretty tough mistakes on offense, and it really just is on offense here. But Sam Wilson, that freshman quarterback that I told you about over in week one that got snapped, she goes ahead and takes over at least for this drive at quarterback. And to start this drive, she would find her girl Garcia on a nice gain and an automatic first down to get this thing 
going. And that's what Sam Wilson continues to do here as um, she converts fourth down after fourth down. Um, she gets another fourth down conversion basically right after that on a nice throw and run to Hayden Roop, who will go ahead and scramble for that first down. And then on fourth and goal here, uh, they would put, I believe they would um, put Sierra Harris in the backfield with Sam Wilson. So you have two, you know, players that could throw it. Uh, Sierra Harris obviously being uh, more of a dual threat here, uh, being a little bit more uh, probably the most athletic or one of the most athletic players on this team. So you got a couple threats here. But Sam Wilson throws the dump off to Sierra Harris, who then throws it to number four Kaufman, who makes a spectacular, I mean spectacular, toe-tap catch off the tipped pass in the corner of the end zone, basically, or corner corner of the end zone, um, like the side of the end zone, I would say is probably more accurate. But she makes the catch, which I, oh my lord, I didn't think she got it, but she did. Uh, just watching over the replays, what a play. But she makes the catch, gets her feet in bounds, and that will tie the game now, on the conversion, Sierra Harris would actually throw a pick, so it would stay tied at 13-13. Uh, uh, I did make this note here. Sam Wilson just led an excellent drive. Uh, she just has a very strong arm and just has the ability to fit into some pretty tight spot spots, uh, whether she's set or on the run, with some pretty scary accuracy, just having that ability to just gun it in there and so she just put together an excellent drive from start to finish there to get Weber back into this thing here or at least back in kind of the driver's seat as they tie it up now Warner they try to drive and score with about a minute left but it would end with a nice Sierra Harris interception who would go ahead and toe tap it in with about 12 seconds left and that is half now to start the third quarter you know Sierra Harris would start the quarter at quarterback after getting the first down Harris would settle down and find number seven Rube who makes a great catch and run for the first down and this will get Weber on the other side of the field but after a couple plays here a delay of game makes a fourth and short opportunity that Weber have into fourth and five and then at this moment Sarah Harris would slightly overthrow uh, Kaufman here and then Warner would take over on downs and on offense and Warner they get it going on offense right away to start the second half Tinjin finds her girl number 21 Cynthia Holmes and by the way if I'm saying that wrong I apologize but I'm just gonna go with that for now and you could feel free to you know correct me in the DMs later but she finds her girl Cynthia Holmes on a quick hitter nice seven yard game that keeps this drive alive as they would drive into the red zone here and then Madison Tingen finds number nine Leah Lewis on second down for a nice touchdown reception uh, a reception where you know Tingen absolutely guns it on that play and Lewis goes up and gets it and takes the lead for Warner now the conversion here the ball is batted down by number 18 of Weber Valerie uh Guevara, I want to say, but still, like I said, Warner is up about 19 to 13 at this point. Now, Weber back on offense. <sighs> Line both Sierra Harris and Sam Wilson up at quarterback, but then uh, Sam Wilson actually motions out 
uh, just for Sierra Harris to throw kind of a bad interception to number 21, Cynthia Holmes here. Not having the best game, not as good of a game as she probably can have here. And so Warner would go ahead and take over here, and then they would direct snap it to number 13, uh, Gianna. And I'm not going to say that last name because I know for sure I'm going to say it wrong here. But they direct snap it to number 13 for Warner, who would go ahead and run it in on a short rushing touchdown to go ahead and put them up by two scores here. They would miss the conversion, but like I said, they're up two scores, 25 to 13 at this point, right before the fourth, Sam Wilson takes over solely at quarterback for Weber. Uh, you know, Weber, they still have the ball to start the quarter, this fourth quarter as it's going. Um, number nine, Reza Robinson. Moss is a road defender on kind of a danger, dangerous pass over the middle, but, you know, a nice gain. This will put Weber on the other side of the field in a position to score and hopefully make it a one-score game. But... As we go on here, a throw and pitch play gives Weber uh, the first down as they're continuing to drive. This will put them in the red zone here. Let me just replay this here. That will put them in the red zone. But it would be third and 18. Third and goal for Weber. Uh, Wilson will find Caleb Burrows for like three or four yards, which wasn't as much as the pro they probably hoped to get. And so now they're looking at a fourth and 10 plus situation. Sam Wilson doesn't quite put enough power on the throw as number two, Michaela Michael for Warner intercepts the floater and ends that Weber drive. That's basically game there. Warner would run out the rest of the clock here. Uh, Tingen, you know, and she's doing her thing, driving this team down the field, using up a lot of time. But Warner would ultimately win an, oh my God, an upset win over Weber. 25 to 13. I don't think many people really saw this one coming here. Uh, I didn't see it coming here. And honestly, this one could have gone even more out of hand if Warner wanted to. But they show a little bit of mercy here. Um, as you know, Weber, the Weber quarterback's kind of just struggling here, having a very much uh, just an off day. You know, just an off day. And it happens. Every great quarterback, every good quarterback has an off day. And that's okay. But in this instance, it does cost Weber. The dub over Warner. Now, Warner, they would play two games uh, basically this week. Or, uh, well, yeah, this day, but this week. And so they would play St. Thomas right after. And as you can see here, they take care of St. Thomas as well. I forgot to mention this uh, while talking about St. Thomas versus Midland. But Jada Graham for St. Thomas is currently out she was the quarterback for St. Thomas last year. I believe she was in um, that co-player of the year discussion, if not winning it. And so Jada Thomas, or sorry, Jada Graham, she is out. I uh, believe it's a knee injury. At least that's what I heard on the um, on the live. So we'll see how long that takes. But that is a very, very unfortunate loss. For St. Thomas here as they do start their backup quarterback number 34 Holly Nahar uh, or Nahar I want to say but I'm going to go with Nahar but let's go ahead and hop into this game here number 34 Holly Nahar for St. Thomas gets this thing going on offense uh, first three plays gets them to the other side of the field great catch and runs after both of them not exactly like you know crazy accurate like like on the money deep throws just pretty short throws and the receivers do 
the rest here. But uh, number 34, the quarterback for STU, does find number six, Tyler Bryant, uh, for a play that puts them in the red zone. But unfortunately, they could not capitalize here and score as they would overthrow it on fourth and ten uh, here. And so, Warner, they go ahead and take over after having a pretty hot start on offense, for the most part, against Weber earlier this day. And on the first play, though, Madison Tingen slightly overthrows it um, for an interception to St. Thomas's number three, Rayona Baker, who goes in and makes a nice play. But it doesn't matter as on fourth down, Warner would sack the quarterback and force a three and out here in a turnover on downs. Now, before this first quarter would end, Madison Tingen does lead Warner down the field and gets them in the red zone before the quarter ends, like I said here. Now, second down for Warner. Pass is tipped at the line. A little dangerous here, but it does fall to the ground. No harm done. You have third and short here um, on the goal line for Warner. They will drop another pass that would make it fourth down. And then on fourth down, number 21, Cynthia Holmes. Low key. Steals a touchdown from her teammate, but tips the ball to herself for a wide-open touchdown in the back of the end zone. Um, I don't know who it was, but one of her teammates was definitely open in the back, but so was Cynthia on a opposite route uh, opposing her, and she would kind of tip the ball to herself <laughs> and get the touchdown. I don't know if she realized that or not, but regardless, doesn't matter. It's still a touchdown as Warner goes up 6-0 to zero here. Uh, wouldn't get the conversion, obviously. Now... On defense, Warner continues to put it on opposing teams. This time, number eight, Allison Monghietti. Um, Like I said, I hope I'm saying that name right. But captain for this team gets a huge sack that would absolutely just stunt the St. Thomas momentum here. Uh, and then pressure once again from number eight, Allison, would force kind of another tough throw, which would turn into an interception for Warner's number nine, Nevaeh Hamilton. This Warner defense is starting to put on the, put a, oh my God, I can't talk. This Warner defense is starting to put a chokehold on the St. Thomas team as they just can't find anything. And Warner is forcing turnovers and sacks here and there. Now on offense, though, they keep it going there. Madison Tingen does convert on third down, uh, getting into number 13, Gianna, over the middle on a nice, and I say, I mean nice throw here that would get them a new set of downs and over in the red zone here. Let me show um, these stats as well while I'm talking. Just want to make sure I do that there. All right. There we go. So they get in the red zone, and then Tinger does find number nine, Nevaeh Hamilton, who makes a great move, makes a defender miss, and runs it in herself for a 10-yard touchdown reception. Wouldn't get the conversion this time around. Could I just say keep an eye on that conversion game here? You know, those one or two points will matter down the line. But when you are beating teams and playing well like Warner is, they don't quite matter. But they only go up 12-0 to zero here. Still leading, though, by two scores. So no, um, I mean, no, no worries here, really. Uh, but St. Thomas, they take over on offense, and their quarterback is kind of struggling here. You know, some really tough offensive drives before. And uh, basically throws two straight passes that are behind the receivers. Uh, Warner would then force a three and out and get the, get the ball back off a punt. 
Now, Warner on back on offense, third and short. Tingen throws a quick hitch route. That is down short, making it fourth down here. Now, she has to make a play here to convert here. This could be the break that St. Thomas needed. But on the first throw, she makes a nice, uh, well, on fourth down, she does make a nice throw on an at route that would make it first and put Warner in the red zone here. Now, St. Thomas, you know, their defense, they do play pretty well here and bring up a fourth and goal for Warner, kind of putting pressure on them. But Madison Tingen making an extremely clutch and tough throw between two defenders for a touchdown. Like I said, um, conversion-wise, they've been struggling all day here. They don't get it this time either, but they're still up 18-0 to zero here. Now, honestly, at this point, I could go down the line, talk about how the rest of this game goes, but St. Thomas would struggle to score and drive the ball as his water defense is just flying here. You know, I got a lot of players contributing to that. Um, everyone from number 21, from number 21, uh, excuse me, there's Cynthia Holmes to uh, number eight, Allison, uh, number nine, Nevaeh Hamilton. She grabs an interception in this game, you know. Uh, it, it was it was a pretty tough defensive battle here. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say defensive battle. It was a pretty tough defensive performance here for Warner as they really, I mean, they won this game, I would say, for, um, for Warner here. Not that the offense played bad or anything like that, but this defense definitely shined as they got a lot of stops, pressures, turnovers, and go ahead and, uh, you know, advance to 3-0 and on the season, getting another upset dub over a team that finished near the top of the conference last year. All right, now, last game, at least on this Saturday here, we have St. Thomas versus Weber. I'm going to go ahead and grab a quick drink of water or a quick drink as, uh, you know, we transition here. But that will be this last game for the for uh, the Saturday slate year. All right. Thank you. Sorry. I just realized I haven't been checking the chat as much as I have, but I just did. Thank you very much. All right. So uh, let's talk about this last game here. That At least that I watch, we have St. Thomas versus Weber, both of them catching L's against Warner, but looking to bounce back here. Weber, <clears throat> you know, kind of trying to find a quarterback that's going to put them in good situations, not cause too many turnovers here. St. Thomas here. Just trying to find their footing with their backup quarterback, Holly Nayer, here. Uh, really just trying to get this thing going. And get it going, they do here. Um, basically, the story, I watched this whole game. Uh, I'm just going to keep this one kind of simple here. The story of this game was that St. Thomas was just on it offensively. Uh, while Weber would struggle to find a quarterback who didn't make too many um uh, turnover worthy decisions you know and like i said every quarterback has a bad game i'm not concerned about it either i look at sierra harris you know basically the season vet for this squad right 
um, at least on the collegiate level here. And then you have Sam Wilson, a freshman, coming in. Mo these two players could start for a lot of teams in NAIA. I'm not just talking Sun Conference. I'm talking KCAC as well. They're talented quarterbacks. I think this day was just not the best one for them. But St. Thomas, um, as you can see here, they do get the dub here. Uh, winning 24-7. Their quarterback throwing three touchdowns. Only one interception. Uh, she only took one sack here. As far as receptions, receptions go, um, it looks like Destiny Franco here had two touchdowns. Uh, and then Tyler Bryant uh, got one, completing the, the three that were thrown on this day as St. Thomas bounces back and beats Weber 24 to 7. Um, on the other side here, I mean, four interceptions thrown between these two quarterbacks in Sam Wilson and Sierra Harris. Like I said, they'll figure it out. I have a lot of faith in them. I like both of them as players. I've looked at both of their films, uh, not only from college, but in high school as well. And I think they could get it done. I would just say they just had a bad day. You know, uh, this last weekend. And so it will be interesting to see how they kind of bounce back here. Um, like I said, every player has a bad day. I mean, it would be a lot to expect them to play a perfect season, right? So there you go. But St. Thomas goes ahead and bounces back and beats Weber. Now, I did say this was the last, the last Saturday slate. Uh, or a Saturday game I wanted to talk about. But real quick, I do want to mention that Thomas University would travel to Louisiana and play Xavier. And man, did they play them. As Thomas beats Xavier University 57-0 to as Thomas moves to 2-0 and on the season. Um, I believe... I believe the only The only other undefeated team in the Sun Conference is actually Warner University. So there you go. Very interesting. I know both of these teams weren't exactly ranked uh, near the top in those preseason uh, coaches' uh, rankings earlier on. So a uh, very interesting storyline to follow here. We'll talk about them more later because uh, we will do power rankings, and I'll unveil those uh, in a minute here. Now, we did have one game on Sunday that was between the defending national champs in Ottawa versus Cotty College. Now, to set the stage here, I know you can already see the score, but I'm going to set the stage here. Ottawa, national champs, that's really all you need to know. And they added some pieces here as well. Cotty, this is a new team, new head coach. You have a lot of freshmen that are starting for the squad here. Now, I did write down a lot of notes here, but I'm not going to go quite into as much detail uh, when it comes to this game, because Ottawa just dominated. You know, I would say something that isn't shown by this score is just how many return yards they would get. It felt like they were almost always starting on the other side of the field um, when they were on offense, which is absolutely wild to me. And man, do they have an offense over there. Uh, here, let me go ahead and go to individual stats here. Let me go to Ottawa first, and then I'll talk about Cotty here in a minute. But Madison Carrera, man, um, I believe she won Conference Player of the Year, if I wasn't mistaken. But, you know, she started this one off hot. Uh, in this game, uh, in total, she won 7 of 9, uh, only missing two passes. 
threw for 94 passing yards and a passing touchdown. But she did probably her most damage on the ground, I would say. Like I said, there are a lot of short fields, so it's not like she's going to rush for like 200 rushing yards or something crazy like that. But she did get a pretty solid 55 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. As she, They would really rely on her to get this thing going here. So, Madison Carrera, a name that we talked about. Somebody that we knew was going to come up here and perform in this season and uh you know she's a national championship winning quarterback and she showed that she still is uh in this first game here now like i said they were running this ball kind of a lot it felt like you know uh, leaning heavily on madison career but also i want to shout out freshman um running back athlete whatever addison uh i believe it's uh, i don't know if it's orsburn or osburn I feel like the announcers were saying something completely different here. Uh, but right here, it says Osborne. So that's what we're going to go with. Addie Osborne played with Texas Fury last year. We talked about her in the preview here. Uh, we said that she was probably the first of many Texas Fury players that would potentially go to Ottawa as that is a pipeline that is forming there, a natural pipeline that is forming there, if I might say. And, man, did she play here and have such a good debut. Um, on the ground, she had 21 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And then at receiver, she had three receptions for 33 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Golly, she is fast. She might be one of the fastest players in all of NAI. You know, I feel like that might be a big statement here. But from just watching this game, she was just making play after play, making multiple defenders miss on almost every touchdown that she scored. Which is wild. You don't see that every day. And it's not like Cotty has terrible defenders either. You know, they have Kenzie Murdoch out there. Uh, shout out to our homegirl, PMC fam. Uh, they have Daniela Goodrich from Panama as well as standout internationally. Um, both of them made great plays throughout this game. I know Kenzie, she did get a stop on a conversion. I think on one or two conversions. And then Daniela Goodrich did have a couple of nice deflections here. Uh, but... I mean, this Ottawa team is absolutely stacked. You know, it was very much the Madison Carrera and Addie Osborne show here. They would put in their backup quarterback, Sidney Rude, who had a nice game herself, 9 of 11, for 77 passing yards and four passing touchdowns as Ottawa at home to start the season takes care of business, winning a cool 60-0 over Cotty College. Uh, this was a game that was rescheduled. It was supposed to be played on uh, uh, last Wednesday, I believe. But we scheduled it because of weather. So they played it on a beautiful Sunday uh, afternoon instead. So, boom. There you go. Those are all the games. Oh, my Lord. Those are all the games from week one and week two here. A lot of movement here in this top five, you know. Um, we did rank uh, all these college teams, kind of like how, you know, college football does it and whatnot, um, but it's just me and Cody doing it. So, you know, it's opinion-based. But going off of what we saw uh, from those games and stats and all of this great stuff there. All right. Man, that wasn't too bad. Just about an hour going over two weeks of games. That's, uh... That's as good as that gets here. All right, coming up, I do want to talk about some notable player performances here. But 
Uh, look, I'm going to go ahead and grab a quick drink here, and uh, we'll get this thing going in about a minute or two. A minute or two more like a minute all right let's do this thing so um before we move on talk about key games to watch power rankings stuff like that i do want to highlight uh some players here that had notable performances notable performances in week one and in week two now i know we do have alumers to the playmakers corner when we did cover colorado high school football you know um we had a playmaker of the week and so that's what we're gonna do week one and two we will be electing a playmaker of the week but i want to talk about all the players that had very good games here starting in week one thomas university Brittany devil versus kaiser in that game she had three receptions 48 receiving yards one receiving touchdown a tackle an interception two breakups if you go back and listen to that, uh, just review of that entire game, you know, whenever Thomas needed a play, whether it was on defense or offense, it seemed like Brittany Delva came up with one, and so I really had to shout her out there as she was key to not only Thomas winning their first program, like, dub ever, program game ever, but also uh, it being an upset over Kaiser. You know, a team that a lot of people viewed as the top team in the Sun Conference here. And so, big shout out to Brittany Delva here. I believe she is a grad student as well. So, she is uh, probably the old, one of the oldest players that I will be talking about as far as notable performances go. Now, another person that I believe deserves a lot of credit, despite having a tough week too, is Weber's quarterback, Sierra Harris versus florida memorial uh in that game 12 of 20 for 112 passing yards through one touchdown two interceptions but also you got you gotta remember this as well ran for 58 rushing yards absolutely lethal on the ground by the way she is somebody that i would not want to go one-on-one with tackling wise um but Anyways, 58 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, also two receptions, 21 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. Literally scoring a touchdown in every way possible on offense. Who does that? <laughs> that is wild. So Sierra Harris of uh, Weber uh, being very instrumental in that dub versus Florida Memorial. Now, there are two Warner players I want to talk about here. First, freshman quarterback Madison Tingen in her debut against Florida Memorial. 25-40, uh, 253 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, as they would get a pretty big dub to start off this new era of Warner football. And then um, on the other side of the ball, uh, freshman linebacker Cynthia Holmes uh, versus F Florida Memorial as well. Six flagpoles, three interceptions, one of those being a pick six. As both of them were big time in that game. And like I said, uh, congrats to them. They did win Sun Conference Player of the Week. Now, 
the player, this is tough because I feel like obviously all these uh, uh, athletes here deserve to win Playmaker of the Week, at least for week one here. But I think I'm going to have to go ahead and give it to Brittany Delva here. I mean, getting that upset dub over Kaiser, that is absolutely huge. She came up big when Thomas needed her, and she delivered like a veteran does. And so, big shout out to her. We'll be making some posts uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, and so we'll tag her and all that. Go ahead and give her a follow on social medias and whatnot, but she will be our very first playmaker of the week for NAIA Women's Flag Football, at least this season. So, there you go there. Now, let's go ahead and talk about week two here. Week two. We have two players from the same school uh, in Ottawa. Madison Carrera versus Cotty College. 7 of 9 for 94 passing yards. One passing touchdown. Also had 10 rushes for 55 rushing yards. Three rushing touchdowns. Getting a cool four touchdowns in the first game of the season. Um, and then I have to shout out the freshman. Ottawa's Addie Osborne for... Um, Oh, yeah, for Ottawa against Cotty College. Two rushes, 21 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns, three receptions, 33 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns as in her freshman debut uh, or a collegiate uh, debut here, I should say, um, gets three touchdowns to get her college career started. Now, can't talk playmakers without talking Kaisers, Kennedy Foster, specifically Versus Midland in that game, 11 receptions, 103 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns, including a Sports Center top play on that Wednesday. Oh my lord, what a baller! If I could look, go back and look at that game, I would because she absolutely tore it up. And it's not like Midland's playing tough defense or bad. My bad. It's not like Midland's playing bad defense. They're playing very. Very tough defenses, but, I mean, you had this one-handed one snag in the back of the end zone. Uh, her fourth receiving touchdown was literally like a tipped ball that she had to die for and, like, snag and, like, cradle it in between uh, her hands and the ground so it doesn't touch the ground. And, uh, I mean, man, was she out there getting it for Kaiser as they would bounce back um, against Midland and Florida Memorial. But Kennedy Foster for Kaiser has to be in this conversation and then lastly here warners cynthia holmes once again versus weber and st thomas i mean in both of these games she was instrumental but um i mean she was just killing it on both sides of the ball uh against weber eight receptions 67 receiving yards one receiving touchdown two rushes 16 yards six up five poles two interceptions against st thomas seven receptions 79 receiving yards two receiving touchdowns, and 10 flagpoles. That might be the highest number of flagpoles in any game so far this season by a single player, um, like I said, in a game here. And so there you go, Cynthia Holmes. Uh, Cynthia Holmes being extremely, extremely efficient here for Warner. Uh, that would upset two teams, by the way, um, that were, you know, not even were, are still pretty good teams. So... There you go there. Uh, look. <sighs> for this Playmaker of the Week, for Week 2, I think I have to give it to Warner Cynthia Holmes here. Um, my God. 
did she kill it <laughs> on both sides of the ball. Um, like I said, doesn't mean that any of the other players are less deserving, but man, did she get after it on offense, on defense, whatever. She played that whoever football, uh, which means whoever's in front of you, they could get it. You know, stats can't save them. Accolades can't save them. You know, just being a baller is the only thing that could save him. Uh, but Cynthia here, uh, number 21 for Warner, by the way, just made play after play. It felt whenever Warner needed a play, whether it was offense or defense, she was there. So there you go here. Um, I'm just going to be honest, too, though. Kennedy Foster, Adio Osborne, uh, Madison Carrera, they're probably going to win a playmaker of the week here eventually. So um, not exactly heartbroken over that. So, boom, there you go. Those are our playmakers of the week for week one and week two here. Now, coming up next, <laughs> all right, coming up next, we're going to talk about rankings here. So, here is how we went about it. Um, you have myself, all right, and then you have my co-host, Cody Stoffer, who is not here right now. Uh, he's doing some other podcast stuff, but... Basically, what we did is that we made preseason rankings of all 13 NAI women's flag football teams that we know of um, that are participating in this year's season, right? And so we ranked them based off of, uh, you know, who won the national championship, uh, semifinal performances, uh, conference championship performances, uh, records, stuff like that and so that's kind of our base and then as the weeks go on you know as they get dubs versus good teams bad teams as they upset some teams or go on crazy runs you know we're gonna rank them in order of uh where we feel like they are in the country at least at this moment now i'm gonna throw this out there not every team has played uh, i think everyone in the sun conference has played and then in the kcac i believe only ottawa Midland and Cotty have played. Uh, the rest of the other teams, St. Mary, uh, Kansas Wesleyan, I think that's actually it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, and any other team I might forget, uh, those teams have not played a game yet. And so, um, you know, them not playing a game doesn't exactly affect if they move up or down. So I'm just going to say that. But basically, like I said, we ranked each team. Uh, me and Cody, you know, we have a difference of opinions. So, you know, we had his eight rankings, then we had mine, and then we basically averaged it out from there. And so after week one and week two, here are our power rankings here. Boom. Go ahead and take a look at that. So at number one, Ottawa. We're actually, let me just go down the line and just say, everyone, because I, I think some people might not know, you know, all the uh, symbols and stuff for, uh, you know, each of these teams. But we will post this on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and then make sure to tag each program as well. But at number one, we have Ottawa. At two, we have Warner. At three, we have Thomas. At four, we have Kaiser. At five, we have St. Thomas. At six, we have Kansas Wesleyan. Seven, St. Mary's. Like I said, both of those teams haven't played a game yet. At eight, we have Weber. At 9, we have Florida Memorial. At 10, I believe that is Milligan, who I don't believe has played anybody yet. Um, so there you go. At 11, we have Cotty College. At 12, we have Midland. And at 13, we have Xavier from Louisiana. All right. So, boom, there you go. Now, Cody has written basically explanations for reasons why he ranked these teams where they are. Uh, I will echo my opinions after he, I read out his. So, 
yeah and then that's just how we'll uh, present this here but at number one uh we both put ottawa here he said uh ottawa has to lose before dropping even if Cody didn't pose a serious threat that's kind of how i see it it's like alabama i mean i'm not going to drop them because they're undefeated that doesn't make sense. So until they lose or until uh, they get in a close game, I don't really have them dropping at all from that one spot. And like I said, they were the national champs last year, so naturally they're ranked at number one um, preseason-wise. At number two, he has Warner University, uh, as do I. He says winning moves you up, especially when they are quality wins against two top four teams. Uh, no disrespect to Kaiser, though, he said. And actually, I would have to agree here, man. I mean, St. Thomas and um, Weber are both teams that, you know, had a lot of potential, right? They were near the top of the, uh, I mean, of the conference last year. And so for Thomas, or sorry, for Warner to come out here and beat both of them as, you know, a program with a first-year head coach and a lot of first-year starters, that's pretty big. Warner also, I mean, they just look dominant too. It wasn't like... You know, these games are super close. I think some of the scores may look closer than what it was, but, man, is this Warner defense dangerous. You have to be on your game against Warner. You just have to because they have athletes everywhere. And then on offense, it's like, a, I don't know, it just reminds me of that Patriot type of offense, methodical, um, death by a million paper cuts type, which, I mean, works in flag football, obviously, for sure. But, like, man already giving me a little bit of PTSD here. <laughs> uh, but that's just how their offense is. You know, they'll tear you apart bit by bit and then make big plays when they need to, but not before putting themselves in positions to win. So that's Warner. And I believe, you know, they definitely deserve this number two spot here for sure here. Maybe even challenge for that number one spot here eventually. At number three, we have Thomas University. I put them at three. Uh, Cody put them here as well, but I think he may have had a little bit more hesitation. He said, I went back and forth here between ranking Kaiser here, but I just can't put them ahead of a team who beat them, even if that team's second victory wasn't that unexpected here. Um, I mean, I felt like Thomas was going to beat uh, Xavier this week. We knew that. We knew Kaiser would probably beat the teams they played this week. We knew that. But personally, I mean, I can't rank a team that, you know, or I can't rank a team that beat another team lower than that squad. You know what I mean? So I have to put Thomas above Kaiser. This one is close, though. I'm just going to acknowledge that. And so Kaiser's right below Thomas at number four. Um, Cody said in his uh, preseason polls, and I think mine as well, you know, Kaiser, they do drop two spots. Um, well, he says dropping two spots may seem harsh for the runner-ups, um, national runner-ups. That is not in the conference nationally. You know, they lost or yeah, they lost to Ottawa seven to six. But basically, said may seem harsh for the runner-ups, but they have a lot to prove against quality opponents who may see that season-opening loss as an opportunity. Uh, Kaiser bounced back uh, very strong against Midland but they need to do so against a more quality team. They will get that opportunity this week. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, games this week in a minute here, though. At number five, we have St. Thomas. He said still got some quality play in over the past two weekends, but dropping one to Warner hurts them uh, about a spot worth of rankings, which is the same for me, um, me as in Simon. And then as Cody said, especially in a game that comes off as uh, a little uncompetitive there. Uh, St. Thomas... I think they're in an interesting spot. I don't know if Jada Graham is going to come back this season. 
knee injuries are not something to mess with, especially in flag football. And, you know, there are definitely some games where you'll be playing multiple ones in a day or even multiple games spread out through a handful of days in a weekend. And I don't know if she will be healthy enough to come back for that. Like I said, we'll see. We'll see how the quarterback at number 34, Holly, uh, we'll see how she develops as well. But, you know, St. Thomas holding on at number five. And then Cody and I put Kansas Wesleyan, St. Mary's here, uh, basically for the same reason. Um, look, he said didn't even want to move these teams, but Warner and Tom Thomas's opening weeks were too good to not move them up. Excited to see how uh, they open their season, though. Talking about Wesleyan, uh, Kansas Wesleyan, sorry, and St. Mary's there. So relatively stay in the same spot for me uh, compared to their preseason rankings, only moved down by, well, by a spot. So there, there you go. At number eight, and this might come as a surprise to some, but we do have Weber. You know, Cody said after a phenomenal showing last season and a lot of preseason hype, um, he said especially from myself, and belief that they might be champs, they came out really flat with week. Um, they came out really flat week two with underperforming uh, losses. And then Cody says, "If you want to be a legit contender, you have to at least go one and one against those teams here." Um, look, I absolutely agree. Agree. Weber has talent. They should be near the top of this conference. Instead, uh, they're. I mean, here, let me look at Weber real quick here. Their record right now, Weber's record right now is like uh, one and two. Got to have at least a winning record, in my opinion, here. I think they are better than the record, though. I think they just had a bad weekend, you know. And that happens. Everyone has a bad weekend. But if you're a true contender and champion, you bounce back. And so I think some teams may be underestimating them. I wouldn't uh, because they have two quarterbacks who could play. And, you know, that's always a dangerous thing. And obviously a team around them as well that is extremely talented. So, uh, so yeah. Then at number nine, we have Florida Memorial. We both have Florida Memorial. Our rankings are pretty much the same for the most part. So this was an easy first power rankings to put together. Like I said, for the most part. But Florida Memorial, uh, he said, first win in program history gives plenty of reason to celebrate and I just want to congratulate the players and the coaching staff for pulling this one off after a rocky start to their program last year. That being said, I hope the shutout of their most recent game is a better indicator of where their defense is than the 38 points per game they allowed in their first three contests. <clears throat> hey, we'll see. You know, we'll see. But... It's uh, it's up from here for Florida Memorial here. Happy for them as well. Congrats to their players and coaching staff over there as well. All right. Now, at number 10. Uh, this is where it gets interesting. Uh, from 10 to 13, me and Cody had very, like, just different rankings here, which is fine. But, you know, uh, uh, well, let's, let's just go down the line. So, at 10, we have Milligan. Uh, he said sometimes not playing means not losing. So, Milligan slides up at 0-0, zero and zero, not playing a game, at least that we could see, um, due to other programs' miscues over the weekend. I personally had Milligan at 13, but for these rankings, I could put them at 10, and you'll see why. You'll, you'll see why uh, when we talk, 
when I talk about these last three teams here. But uh, we both put Cardi at 11, which I thought was really interesting. But we put Cardi at 11. We said, I know that this isn't how you want to start your season off. But considering their first game was against the defending champs, I cut Cardi some slack and keep them right at 11, as do I. They have talent over there. A, a lot of young talent. I think they just it's just a matter of gelling, you know, and so uh, they'll get there. Now, okay. Now, Midland here for us comes in at 12. I have them at 10. I'm just going to say this. But I defaulted here and, you know, dropped them to 12 anyways because Cody had them at 12. And so this is what Cody had to say about Midland. He said, getting outscored 90-0 to over your first three games will land you here at the number 12 spot. I do acknowledge that some players didn't travel to Florida, but this kind of showing is inexcusable and Midland might be in crisis mode. And then he put this in all caps, all ready. I don't think Midland's in crisis mode. I think normally they would be 0-1. <laughs> They'd be 0-1, you know. But they did start their season on the road uh, playing in Florida, which was never easy to begin with. But it's a three-game stretch on the road in Florida. That is kind of a tough go. Not going to lie here. I think they're better than their performance down in Florida. And I think when they get the quarterbacks uh, back against Ottawa this next weekend, it should be at least a little bit more competitive here. That's why I had them at 10, but Cody did put them at 12 for that reason, though. The last, last but not least, uh, <laughs> we both put Xavier here. Well, Cody put them at 13, and then I put them, um, well, I put them at 12. Yep. So, they do drop to 13, though, for the most part here. Um, he said, not at least scoring a touchdown against a brand-new program like Thomas will knock the wind out of an already low-ranked team. I acknowledge Thomas is a great program in its first year. But what is going down on here in Louisiana? And I also wonder that as well, because I can't find, like, the only information I can find about Xavier is from other teams' websites. And, um... I can't find information about who's the coach down in Xavier. So we will look into that going into this week, you know, and then we will figure it out as we always do. So, so yeah, but boom, there you go. Those are the power rankings there. We'll post these on Instagram tomorrow. They will change every week, right? Some teams play, some teams don't, you know, so there'll be some natural ebb and flow here. Um, all of these teams should be at nationals, is it in May or March? Or April? I don't know. They'll be at Nationals, right? We'll figure out when that is, too, um, specifically. Plus where it is specifically as well. And so, you know, we're, we're just ranking these for now. More for fun, if anything, you know, just to see where some of these teams stack and kind of give our opinions because these are opinions uh, for the most part. Well, they are opinions, uh, basically, based off of facts and wins and dubs and all that. So, um, yeah. Shoot. Whew. All right. There you go. There. Man, thank you so much for sticking with us during this live stream. We are almost done, but we have one last thing we want to show here, and that is this here. Let me move this up just a little bit. But <clears throat> key games to watch. 
going into week three. Let's talk about it. Uh, these games are available for streaming. Really, all, most of the time, all you really have to do is go to like these college websites, go to flag football um, schedule, and then the link will be there. If not for one team, for the other team. So, um, say for example, you have St. Thomas uh, versus Thomas University. You know, if it's not on SDU's site, it's probably on Thomas's site, right? So there you go. But let's go ahead and hop into it. So I put this in order. All of this is in Eastern time because I figured uh, that will make things a lot easier and whatnot. But we have St. Thomas. Well, starting on Saturday, by the way. All these games, I think, will take place on Saturday. Uh, this week, not too many Thursday, Friday, or Sunday games. And so, uh, you know, if your Saturday is free, go ahead and check these out. Uh, whether you're there or watching uh, through a computer or device. But... St. Thomas versus Thomas, the Battle of the Thomases, at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Go ahead and check that one out. SDU, they're trying to keep this thing going here, um, keep their program in a good spot. Thomas University, you know, they're trying to keep this thing going as well. Trying to go through, you know, after a dominant, after a dominant win in Louisiana last week, then after an upset win over Kaiser. Can they go 3-0 and potentially climb in these power rankings? We'll see. Speaking of power rankings, though, we have the battle for the top of the Sun Conference, basically, here with Warner and Kaiser. Warner, red hot, 3-0. Kaiser, only one loss to a good uh, Thomas University team here. Uh, that'll be played at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see how that goes down. Two great quarterbacks, uh, good defenses, a lot of great players, great coaching staffs uh, between Hilliker and uh, Mims. We'll see what happens. But that should be one. Um, that Honestly, this might be one of the more exciting, uh, most exciting games of the weekend right here. Um, but there you go there. And then coming back to Kansas here, we have Kansas Wesleyan. Versus Cotty College at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan starting the season. This will be the first game of their season. Cotty College, you know. Um, look, they had a tough go against Ottawa. But most teams will have a tough go against Ottawa. That's how this works, you know. And so we'll see if Cotty College could uh, put together a little bit more against Kansas Wesleyan. And then with Kansas Wesleyan, you know, we'll see if they're able to continue to play good football as they did near the end of last year now staying in the kcac another game to look out for midland versus ottawa potentially the debut of florida quarterback haley stanton or alaskan quarterback angel iowa and i want to say uh in this game versus ottawa midland has been waiting for this moment against ottawa for a very very long time despite a tough florida stretch can midland Come into this game battle-hardened already and um, potentially cook up a surprise for Ottawa. And then Ottawa, can they continue their winning streak? That's what it is right now. Can they continue their winning streak and defend their national title? It goes down there. And then last but not least, a game you absolutely have to look out for. Uh, Weber versus Kaiser here. Kaiser, you know, trying to get more quality dubs under their belt. Weber. Trying to bounce back. Can their quarterbacks figure it out this weekend? Can they play clean, good football this weekend? We'll see. But you have the battle of two really good quarterbacks uh, between Jasmine Roden and either Sierra Harris or Sammy Wilson. We'll see about that. But boom, those are the games to watch for week three.
that wraps up this stream basically here thank you so much for rocking with us uh rocking with me that is um look this episode in case you missed it because i know some people come in and out it will be posted on twitch usually it's live on twitch right after i just have to change the title and whatnot and then it'll be there so it's available it's there on twitch and then on our youtube channel the full stream will be available there unedited because i'm not going to do all that uh so you'll be able to see clips stuff that i included uh all that great stuff so it will be there as well and then on our social medias go ahead and give us a follow on at playmakers corner on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, as well on Instagram and probably Twitter as well. We'll be posting those um, the graphics of those power rankings. Uh, we'll have individual Playmaker of the Week like graphics available as well. Tag all those players so that you can support them. You know, give them a follow and whatnot on social media. I'm sure they would appreciate that a ton as well and then last but not least man watch some of these games if you're in the florida kansas or whatever area go ahead and check out some of these games if you're from colorado hey internet's a thing live stream's a thing i know it's snowing right now so <laughs> it's gonna be tough this weekend uh, so you might as well you know huddle up and uh, watch some good quality football and maybe learn something no you will learn something uh, by watching these excellent athletes play i guarantee it personally you know because there's a lot of very very good games going on here but uh yeah that'll wrap this up uh i'm just gonna say this for now next week uh probably won't have a live stream for the recap probably we'll just release a podcast episode and so just gonna throw this out there as well this podcast playmakers corner is available on spotify apple podcasts wherever you can find podcasts and stuff wherever you can listen to podcasts and so uh the audio from this live stream will be uploaded to there and then next week i'll probably just record um a bunch of stuff more suited for a podcast and then that's how next week's week three recap will go down i uh, will probably do a live stream here and there but we'll announce it uh between podcasts and stuff like that so you might as well go ahead and follow us on social media to know when that is going to go down and where you could hear us and uh, hear about uh, these great athletes here. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for rocking with us. Have a great day, night, whatever it is, especially on the East Coast. I know it's, like, almost like 9.30 or 10, so really appreciate there. And then, uh, you know, if you're already here Central Time or Mountain Time, have a very good night as well. But y'all have a good one, and I'll see you later.